0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the Chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au.
1: Trust Jesus, let's look to Him and let's be kind to the people around us. All right. Are you making changes this year? I am always at the start of you, always making change. You can feel good about it i 've already crashed from my first day of change yesterday was my first day of um, crashing on one of the things i 'm changing, being good up until then, made it all the way to whatever it is January January eight <laughs> plus I had new year 's day off so January two to January eight. see how we go today actually today 's January. That was yesterday, wasn't it? So I made it to January seventh. So just feel relaxed. You're making changes. I am. So I want to talk about that today. Bron last week started this conversation about making change, and she talked about confronting the current, considering the change, counting the cost, and charting the course. And so Bron really broke down the three first three initial points. And then she headlined the fourth point and and said, I would speak about it this week, charting the course when we're making change. And so I want to do that today. I want to talk to you about uh, two things. This message is going to be two. If I can fit it into my time without going over, I want to do two things. I want to preach two messages. I want to preach one for about... Um, the first four-fifths of my time that is super practical, and then I want to spend the last one-fifth, if I can manage the clock, um, talking about something deeply spiritual, and both of them set up your year, okay? So charting the course. How do we chart the course for change? Because when it comes to change at the start of a new year, um, without charting a course, it will just become a new resolution that fades away, but if we chart the course, it can be change that remains, change that stay. So to do this, let's go to Exodus chapter 18. And I want to bring you to a person and a people who made significant change that actually changed everything. It's super practical. Exodus 18 verses 13 to 23. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge um, for all the people. Uh, And they stood around him from morning till evening. And when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all of these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses would have been thinking he'd congratulate him for working hard, right? But he doesn't. He says, Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Well, that's good. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law says, Moses, you're awesome. What a spiritual man you are. No, he was a spiritual man. He says, listen, what you're doing, it's not good. And you and these people who come to you, you're going to wear yourselves out. The, the work's too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Listen now to me. Good advice if you've got in-laws, listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. Teach them His decrees and instructions and show them the way they are, they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundred, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can sort them out themselves. That will make your load lighter because you will share, they will share it with you. If you do this, And God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Here's a change that the outcome of will be, you'll be doing what God wants you to do, even though it's coming through Jethro, who serves, we think, a foreign God. Um, You will be better for this. Your life will be lighter. Actually, he's going to be still be busy um, because he's going to step into new things, but his load will be lighter. It'll be manageable and the people will be satisfied well, that's a good outcome, isn't it? That's a good change. And what Moses cannot see in this moment, not only does it get all that done, honour God, um, people happy, he's going to be able to not have a nervous breakdown. Not only does it do all of that, it also what he can't see is this change is going to take the ceiling off their future and create a platform that God's people can expand on and, and grow into so that they can move into the promised land. He can't see that yet, but that's what we know looking at it retrospectively. This is the power of good change when we make change that is like this it has an incredible effect so we see that what what in this I won't drill down into it you can see that in this passage he confronts the current he considers the change he actually counts a significant cost which you have to look past the headline to realize but but this change is going to mean that he doesn't have proximity to all the people not everyone's going to be happy about this. You know, Moses is going to be a layer removed from them where he was up until this time up close and personal. You could say that, you know, Moses thinks he's a bit better than them or whatever. He's going to have some fallout for Moses. People are going to perceive him differently. His, his, his up close and personal contact's going to be removed somewhat. There's a whole lot of change. He's going to have to trust people that might not make the decision as well as he would have, or he, he's, going to, he's going to have to release control and step into new authority. And that's got its own. There's a whole lot of tensions in this change, but still it's a change that needs to happen. He counts the cost. And then what we see is they chart the course. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set some order here. We're going to have thousands, liters of thousands and liters of hundreds, liters of 50, liters of tens. And I'm going to deal with the big stuff. You guys are going to deal with the little stuff. They chart a course for change. And so, Let's, let's, let's pick up. So let me give you, as we consider Moses, let me give you two questions before asking, charting the course and then three thoughts. And I'm going to do that rapid fire. So if you're a note taker, get ready. Number one, number one, ask, what does God's word have to say about this change? It says here, 1823, um, if you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain. Uh, whatever change we are going to make in our life, the first thing I want to do is, Hey, what's God's Word got to say about it? So for me personally, I can tell you right now, any change over the course of my life that affected my ability to um, be, you know, a person who prioritizes church or gathering with God's people, that has been a change that I'm personally not prepared to make. I'm like, no, I, I know what the Bible says. Now, I say that having my son at football this morning, right, but... So it's not to put pressure on people, it's to say, but the, the, the rhythm of your life, the priorities of your life, have you considered what God's word says about it, uh, if you're making a change. Now, let me talk to all you single people, or if you're single, one of the decisions, you know, I remember at 21, making. You know, I know many of you have done this, is the Bible says really that if you're a Christian person, you should marry a Christian, committed Christian person. Now, not everybody likes that. They're like, Darren, you don't get to say that to me. Sure I do. It's in your best interest. Um, You don't have to agree with me. You get to live with the fruit of your decision. But the Bible wisdom on the subject is, hey, if you want it to, it's just going to be difficult if you go a different way. And so what does the Bible say about it? Well, he's good looking. Sure he is for now. Soon he'll be 50. (laughs) What does the Bible have to say about it? Uh, And that will set you. That's the first question. And sometimes the Bible doesn't have anything to say about the change we're making. So that's all right. Use the wisdom that God's given us. But so that's the first question. Number two question, uh, I think we see here, it says, if you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Number two question, is it worthy? Is the change we are planning to make, is it worthy of our finest energy? Is it worthy of our best energy. I I wonder, here here are are five reasons that Moses' change was worthy. It's a good place to start for us. Number one, for him, it honoured God. Number two, it helped people. Number three, it was personally better. Number four, it served God's cause and reflected God's heart. And number five, it positioned them for the God appointed next. They're good reasons. They make it worthy. I wonder when you are considering significant change in your life, is it God honoring? Yes. Is it helping people? Great. Is it personally? Are you better? Uh, Yes, let's do this. Does it serve God's cause? Does it reflect God's heart? Great. Let's get on with it. Does it position your life and what you're doing for the God appointed next, or does it put that on hold? Man, I tell you, I wouldn't do anything that puts God's plans and purposes on hold in your life if I were you. I'd go the other way and go, let's put the plan on hold and let's let's pursue the purpose of God. Best thing we can do with our life. Best way we can start our year. Doesn't matter what has been, doesn't matter what my history is. Right here, right now is the best chance for me to move forward in light of what God has planned and purposed for my life. So whatever change we've determined to make, let's determine to make it worthy. Is it time to deal with an anger issue and, and become, you know, just a a more mature person? Great, let's do it. Is it, is it more time with your kids? Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's put it in place. Whatever it is. Spiritually stronger than ever. If I can be honest with a few of you, um, seeing we're being honest today, um, unlike other weeks, um, <laughs> we're being honest. Uh, honestly, some of us in the room could do with just finding a bit of the fire that we had when we were a little bit younger in our spiritual journey. You know, Revelations talks to it, doesn't it? And says, hey, remember the fire you lived with once? You've lost it. Go get it. And I'd say for some of us, like, that's, that's the thing this year. Let's do that. Let's make the change. What, what is the change that, that God is calling you to? What is the change that is in your heart? Is it worthy? Make it worthy. Time to sort my insecurities, you know, and understand who God made me to be. Let's do that. Get comfortable in our skin. Let's do that. Is it time to get serious about my financial future? Uh, yes. Is it time? Well, let's do that. Start with honoring God, but get wisdom as well. Time to seek God about the career he might call you to. Let's let do that. Unless you're Bella, then you should study from home and not move away from Tamworth. But everyone else, you should do that. Is it less anxious? Is it better organized? Chasing the dream God's inspired you with? Whatever it is. Let's go. You know what? It's time for this change. And now's the time. I'm the person. Let's get on with it. So how do we chart the course? Here are The two questions. Here's the first thing. Here's what I do as someone who likes to affect change. And I think we see it here. Number one, find a way to keep it front and center find a way to keep it front and center. Those words again, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and these people will go home satisfied. I reckon when Moses ran into challenges and trouble, he would have reminded himself with these words of Jethro. He would have gone, yeah, I'm having some difficulties bringing the change. I'm struggling to find the leaders of hundreds. Um, Not everyone's doing the job great, but I know this. God's commanded me, there's gonna be better for me, there's gonna be better for the people. When he gets discouraged, when it's not happening as fast as he wants. No, God's commanded me, there's gonna be better for me, there's gonna be better for the people. Oh, when, when it's not coming together, when there's opposition to it, when people have opinions on it. No, no, God's commanded me, this is gonna be better for me, there's gonna be better for the people. And I think that Moses would have kept that stirring on the inside and out in front of him. Let me show you something on screen. Uh, guys, if you've got the slide there, do not be discouraged. I'm going to tell you that somewhere in the year 2021, maybe not for the first time in my life, I, I needed this verse and, uh, and I remember it somewhere along the line. Um, I just went, you know what, this is, the, this is the thing that I need in front of me. I, I just noticed that I was getting a little bit more discouraged than normal for a little longer than I usually get. I went, I, I don't want to live there. And I prayed about it, and this scripture came to mind, and it's my screensaver. I've looked at it every day for the best part of two years. And on on the good days, I read it, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And on the good days, I wake up and I read it and I stir my heart with it and I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm like, let's go do this, God. I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait to get into this. Let's go. And honestly, and Brian will confirm this, most of the time when I'm in that space, I have to slow myself down so that I don't wear everybody else out. But on the other days... There are times when I'm discouraged. There are times when my heart just breaks. i watch people make decisions around me and go, oh, oh. Especially my peers because they're not young anymore. I'm like, no, I don't, why? Not now. And more than a few occasions over the last two years, I've been discouraged by that. And discouragement makes me flat. It sucks the energy and the life out of me. And I know from scripture that if you let discouragement linger, it melts your heart. And so what do you do with that? And so every day I feel it. I go, no, no, no. I I, I can identify discouraged. And I made a determination. I'm going to learn to not linger in discouragement one moment longer than I need to. The moment, like I'm talking about the minute longer. And some days over the last two years, it's taken everything within me, like every ounce of my energy and my heart and my faith and my spirit that feels busted for what I see sometimes. It's taken everything within me to go, no, discouragement. You do not get a moment. You don't get to linger in my life. You're not getting a minute. You're definitely not getting an hour. And then there's no way in hell you're getting a day. Honestly, this is it. And what does courage look like, Darren? I'm just, welcome to my devotions. (laughs) Darren, what does courage look like? Oh, courage. Courage looks like positive rage, Darren. Courage looks like positive rage. Okay, Darren, what's the God plan here? Well, the God plan, as far as I can tell, is our future is 10 churches strong. Well, they don't feel that strong in the middle of COVID. No, 10 churches strong. Well, there's only four of them, Darren. No, 10 churches strong. That's what God placed in my heart. Everyone's gonna be strong. 10's going to happen. We're gonna affect more lives then than we are now and we're moving towards it. And I st- this is literally my, device oceans. And I stir my soul and go, courage, Darren. Courage, Darren. Courage, Darren. And you know what happens? I just get all fired up. I don't care if people don't believe or do believe in COVID or vaccines or anything. I'm like, who cares? I'm living for Jesus. Someone's going to come to faith in Christ.
0: Living for Jesus. Someone's
1: life's going to be changed. I'm living for Jesus. Someone's going to go off to university and go to an altar call and re-surrender to the call of God on their life and it's going to change them forever. Crazy young couples who could just make money will take on churches in places like Bendemeer. Like things happen because courage stirs in the heart and the time will come. Anyway, I've turned it into a message on courage. It's not about courage. It's about keeping it in front of you. Keep it in front of you. I forgot, sorry. I'll do that message when I come back from holidays. Number two, invite wise counsel in. Moses allowed his father-in-law to speak. And you need wise counsel. Lots of people invite agreeable counsel. Agreeable counsel is sometimes what will come, but it's not always what we need. It's not agreeable counsel that we need. You can find agreeable counsel. You can find it all over the place. Just go on social media put your post out there, someone will agree with you, someone will disagree with you, then just go with the agreeable, but what we need is wise counsel, he listened to, he says, hey, what what you're doing is not good, don't get offended, Moses didn't go, oh, you don't get to say that to me, I'm listening, Jethro, tell me what I want to need to hear, the work's too heavy for you, right? His heart's for him. It's not about listening to people who just want to tell us what they want to tell us. It's about listening to people whose heart's for us. He says, hey, this, this is too much for you, Moses, and this is too much for the people, but there is a way, and God's given it to me. Here we go. Invite wise counsel. So here are the four wise counsels I routinely invite into my life that might be helpful for you. Number one, the Bible. That is the biggest voice of all. But I, I always have a few voices that are lifelong trusted. They're just a few people I can ring about anything. And I'm like, trust their voice, no matter what it is. Then there are other voices that are right for the season. They're just right for the season. I mentioned Dan before. I reckon Bella will be able to call Dan at any point in her life. Then there are voices that are right for the season. Then there are other voices that are right for this one thing. This one thing. If you want to learn how to become a great worship leader, you're not ringing me. Going, Darren, I'm interested in your thoughts on how I become a better worship leader. You're probably not ringing me, but there is someone to ring. So that's number two. And then number three is just owning your schedule. And he talks about it here, like the changes he's got to make. And, and I, don't, I don't want to spend any time here, but, but whatever I don't... Um, Schedule in life tends to squeeze out. If you're gonna make a change, how does that change work? What does that change look like? And schedule it in to your diary. Schedule it in. What's it look like this week? That that scripture comes up on my screensaver. It's pretty well the first thing I read every morning of my life at the moment. Um, sometimes I look at it and go, I know it. And then I go, No, no, just read it down. Just read the words. Something will hit you. Just read the words. What 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 is it in your schedule? Whatever it is, is it in your your schedule? You would not believe how many phone alarms I have going off every day about the things that I want to make happen in my schedule. Like it just goes off because I've got a bad memory. But just schedule it in or life will probably squeeze it out. And so that's that's my encouragement to you. Um, We could drill down on that. I'll leave you to it. If you've got a question, you can ask me about it later. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. All got that? Number one, number one. Or two questions, is is it, what's God got to say about it? Number two question, is it worthy? And then the three things, find a way to keep it front and centre. Invite wise counsel in, own your schedule, own your schedule. No one else gets to own our schedule. All right, I want to finish with uh, something else. We're about to come to 21 days of prayer and fasting at the start of February. That's something we do as a church annually. We never want to be caught just in doing something out of habit. But I want you to start to think about it in terms of setting your year up. We just talked super practical. I want to talk deeply spiritual. Listen to this from Daniel chapter one. Um, It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, um, a revelation was given to Daniel. The message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lations until the three weeks were over. This is called the Daniel fast, 21 days. And then here's what happened. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. He's down by the river, and he has a vision. He's just down by the peel. (laughs) And he has a vision of clear water. That'd be good. No, he's down by the peel. He's down by the Peel and he's on this, he's been fasting and praying for 21 days and he has a vision. And you know, the Bible speaks to the church age and says young men and women will dream, dream, or old men will, whichever one they'll do, you can actually do both. Age is not the determining factor. The old men and women will dream, dream, dreams, young will have visions and actually they can do both because God gives them. And the message came to him in a vision that says, and at that time, Daniel, um, no food and, you know, all of it had touched his lips. I was the only one who saw the vision. Goes on and says, don't be afraid, Daniel, since, listen to this, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before God in this fasting way. When you set that 21 days ago, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Daniel, 21 days ago, you started to do this what's become known as a Daniel fast. And I want you to know that God heard you from the first moment you set your face. And here, 21 days into the journey, here I am to tell you what's to come. And so I want you to think about fasting this for, you know, 21 days in Feb when you see it live on the screen. But I don't want it to get to you before you've thought about it. Daniel began to pray and he began to seek the Lord and, he, and here's, here's what I think he did. He, he changed his pace and he put time aside to pray. So my suggestion is not only do we fast food, but, and this is always controversial, we fast social media and we give the social media time. Mate, you'll be time rich. You know when people say they're time poor, just start with social media. It'll liberate your life. And most of us. And, um, and I'm not saying something that I haven't done. That's just true. And fast social media and begin to seek God. Change of pace. Hello. Change of pace. Change of pace. And then just a change of focus. It's taking eyes off of us. It's putting it on God and begin to pray and fast. And I'll tell you, here are three things that will happen. Number one, it'll work a fire in your soul, in your spirit. It'll work a fire in you. It'll work a fire in you. It'll change you. It will. The spiritual fervour that maybe you hunger for, but don't really often know, it'll change you. It does. It does something. It's a spiritual dynamic that God works. But, but it doesn't happen, you know, like you can't go on a McDonald's fast where you only eat McDonald's or where you don't eat McDonald's, whichever one. Like a fast. You don't need to not eat all day. Do the Daniel fast. Fire the soul. I'll tell you what they'll be as you seek Him. It's not that God's not there, and right now He is. But, but my experience is there's an intensity of His presence in those moments as I set time aside. Isn't that right? There's an intensity of His presence. Something goes on. I can't explain it. It happened to Daniel. It's happened all the way through the New Testament. You go have a read the Book of Acts. You'll see it. It's everywhere. Do you ever think about your life as a Christian and if you are one and go, ah, there's something more. I'm telling you, fasting and prayer is part of it. It's not like, it's not going to make you right with God. It's not going to make you good or any of that. That's not what this is about. It's about power. It's about presence. And the third thing that my experience is in fasting is there's breakthrough. Daniel gets a breakthrough. It actually doesn't even come to pass yet. The breakthrough is, clarity of what's to come. And and there's breakthrough. There's breakthrough. Supernatural. And so this, when we get to it, I want you to have thought it through and prayed it through. What are you going to do? And let's do something super practical around change. And let's do something deeply spiritual that has power to it and start the year like we've never started it before. Or maybe start like the year, like you did way back when. But let's, let's, let's go there this year in Jesus' name, amen? All right, well, we're going to continue the conversation. And as you come, mate, I just want to pray for you quickly. Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody here. Lord, I, I pray that you would stir in the heart of us all the change that you would want us to make whether that's stepping into bold new seasons, Lord, God-given dreams or change from bad habits or just the next thing in the development of who we are and who you're calling us to be, whatever it is, Lord, may you do that prompting in our spirit. And Lord, as it relates to prayer and fasting, I pray you'd go to work in all of our hearts and that we'd come to this, Lord, with a stirring going on, not dragging our feet, but with faith. May we come suspicious. That you, God, are up to something. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. Hey, mate. Hello. Uh, you're better at getting down to the chair than me. Yeah, come join. <laughs> oh, that was smooth. It's like. <laughs> uh, We're not filming, are we? No, I feel uh, like James Bond. There's such smoothness in the way I do
0: everything. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, come join me on the hill. Yeah, thanks. Poms are one for 55, by the way. Stay away Um, from the edge. And good message too. Thanks, mate. Yeah? Yeah, If Um, I
1: yelled at you, I didn't mean to yell. I wasn't yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, cool. Um, If you're visiting here today, we do a segment called Continue the Conversation. um, And... uh, Hopefully our uh, words are a bit more graceful than our landing into the chair. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you heard my knees crack um, as I got down here, up, down, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so we just have a bit of a chat. We ask questions. Um, I have a phone here with me. Um, there is a number up on the screen. You can text a question through. Uh, I don't get your name. I don't understand the circumstances behind it. Um, so you can ask whatever and yes. we can get some wise counsel. Right here. See how we Ready go to go? Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Um, first one, and there's a lot um, of good stuff to pull out of that, both messages, really. So thank you for that. Okay. Um, putting plans on hold to pursue God's purpose. So how do, you, how do you do that when there will appear to be a financial loss or a promotional loss or a relationship loss or whatever that may be? Sure. I'll, I, I would say my simple
1: answer is this, and I think most things are simple. Uh, I realise the universe isn't simple. Um, but, you know, I realise there's lots of complexity, but a lot of what we're thinking about is simple and we make it complicated. So the Bible, Jesus said to his disciples, you will not give up X, Y and Z and not receive multiple times. So whether it's in this life or the next... That's what I believe.
0: Mm.
1: Now, clearly, it's not always in this life because your gospel has to work as well in Africa as it works in downtown Sydney. Um, but and there are things that we give up. My experience is that God's a debtor of no man or woman. And, and the miracle that comes with putting him first and honoring um, outweighs them all. And so, you know, we could sit here and do a million stories of that, Brian and I could, of, of watching us choose God over what clearly would have been comfort and then God exceeding, sometimes many times years later actually, exceeding what, if we went and calculated the numbers on our life, just dollars, right, in terms of tithes, giving away, honour God, stretch and do this and do that, um, and then calculated where we are, it's way in our favour, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And, and it says he adds without pain and strain. Now, is that my mum's story? No, my mum was poor most of her life. But if you said to my mum what my mum did, she took what she had, which was her sons, and she sowed spiritually into them, um, mm would she be proud of me? I think she would. Am I further than she hoped? Uh, probably. If I keep going, I sound like I think I'm awesome. But, but you know, my mum, what her hope was that her kids would serve God with all their heart. And is that exclusively the truth? Is that all true? No, But but there's certainly fruit there. Yeah, so I think... You never come second putting God first, Pastor Brian says, and that's far and away my experience.
0: Yeah, exactly right. It's such a broad question too with a definitive answer. So hard to answer, but Mm. I think you've nailed it. Um, So someone wants to know, how do you find those trustworthy people who will be completely honest with you? Yeah, it's a good question. Some people will be completely honest with you in a way that's
1: unhelpful. (laughs) Yeah, they're not for you. They want to be a teacher, they want to be a preacher, they want to be in charge, they want control. That's not what I'm talking about. If someone starts to take control of your life, that that is not where you want to be. Um, But how do you find them? I think, number one, you're looking for people with godly character, proven track record, who are about your best um, inclusive of God. Because some people will give you advice, they sincerely think about your best. But if it, it diverts you from serving God with all your heart, you, it's, it's not. So, so I just, who, whose life models something to follow? And um, you test the wisdom and you test the, the counsel because you don't have to take it. Um, are they for you? Are they for God? Oh, that would be a good place to start. And if you're not sure, ask someone who is. So I'll give you a list of names. Um, I'm sure plenty of people here would I can see David Moore to my left Um, David Moore would be a good place to start that's for sure, someone like that Yeah. Uh, really good,
0: so would you yeah well I agree, he is my father-in-law my Jethro, so he's told me to pull my head out of the sand a few times and (laughs) pat me on the back other times and it's been always helpful, Um, so yeah can totally vouch for that, you can also text questions to this guy and he'll always reply won't you?
1: Well, it might take me a little while sometimes. It might take me a few days, but I will get back to you.
0: You've uh, you've never given me a dud bit of advice, that's for sure. Um, So I I don't know about you, Daz, but when I'm thinking about big decisions in my life, Mm. I'm a bit more of a a mover and then a prayer. So I will think, all right, I reckon I've got enough... biblical understanding to know what's right, what's wrong. I've got some good people around me. I'm going to make that decision. And if God, um, and if I miss the mark, God will just kind of steer my path. Like in the 8.30 service this morning, we're talking about Jacob and he had some major stuff ups, but he had a life of blessing because he just kept holding on to this big vision of what God gave him. So my question here is, is it better to pray first, then move? on your change or is it better to change first and then pray and make sure that you're charting the right course? Yeah,
1: it depends what it is, doesn't it? So, so you take, we're about to do launch conference and uh, I'll turn this into a plug and helpful. So, so launch conference at the start of February, uh, we're a church who looks to balance seekers and believers. Launch, church, launch conference is all about believers. It's all about insiders. It's all about worship. It's all about the word of God to set up the, the believer. We've brought in Brad Bonham for it. it. Really is turning into a pitch now, isn't it? And, uh, and ministry times in after every session and then bonding times between every session on the Friday night and the Saturday till lunch, short, sharp, condensed. I'm not going to pray about that. That's obvious. I'm going to go. Um, and then if I had to pray, I'd go, okay, God, I've made a decision. And I'm going to pray. So where it's obvious, I would say I I go and then pray. When it comes to, say, starting a church, I don't just go. I'm like, well, unless God's in it, uh, I don't for a minute assume that I can get this done or that Bron can or that we've got enough talented people or resource that, that we go. It's got to be God. So there are some big decisions. I'm like, it's all God. But there are lots of decisions where it's just what do I think? What do I know is true? What's the wisest thing I can do here? And, you know, you don't have to pray about healthy eating. It's obvious. Um, uh, being in community with other believers, it's obvious. Winning my friends to Jesus if I'm a follower of Jesus, it's obvious. So, so I think some things we pray about first, some things we act first. It depends what it is. And I love the proverb, 16.1 or 16.3, whichever it is. Commit your way to the Lord and he will establish your way. Or depending on the version, he will establish your thinking. And that's pretty well how I've lived my life, at least. Gone right, oh God. Righto, God this is what I'm thinking. It's in your hands. Lead me. Sometimes I get on with it straight away and other times I'm waiting on God. Remember in the garden, he didn't say to Adam and Eve to pray about what they eat. He said, here's your realm, go live it. So they didn't have to pray. Do I eat a green apple or a red apple? He's not a confusing God. He's a God of clarity. So lots of times it is just what you're saying. Move into it, get on with it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Someone wants to know if we share the same stylist and I don't know. Yours is better than mine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they asked that the last time we did continue the conversation Thanks. together, so maybe our answer wasn't good enough. No. Yeah. But anyway, yes. um, I need a stylist. I, you know, I don't know <laughs> if you feel like you have to. But anyway, um, fasting. have got a couple of questions on fasting and um, just cognizant of uh, yeah, where at the minutes. time. Um, so anyway... How do you make sure when you're fasting um, that you aren't trying to force God's hand?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, is it input goals, Bron, you talked about uh, last week? I think with fasting, the key is to focus on my input goals and not my output goals, right? So I remember a, a whole bunch of guys, if you were around, Crystal, you are probably in the youth group at the time, when they, they did a 40-day fast here in Tamworth. And our church, we were new to town, we didn't do it. But our church was a recipient of all they prayed for in many ways, wow. and I remember Matt Madigan, who was pretty critical to it. Some of you will know Matt. I said, Matt, I, I don't know if you saw the fruit you thought, and they didn't, but we did. And so, as long as I'm not precious about the outcome, I can control the input goals, and then it's—and that's even the wrong language. But but what God does with that, I hold loosely. I've heard God speak to me with clarity, or give me a thought, or from the Scripture in the middle of it, and I've seen something turn up three years later, directly linked to it. So I'm not precious about the outcomes, but I'm going to seek Him, and and I know that He honors. I know that He honors it. So yeah,
0: yeah, same thing as what you said with finances just before, and you touched on it very briefly, but um, you just can't measure it, can you? Yeah. Um, And um, someone else on fasting, I've fasted before and I've not felt any difference. Mm. Why would I fast again? Yeah, good question. Um, Look, it's like, for me, it's like this.
1: I I strip everything back. Is God here right now? According to scripture, he is.
0: Yeah.
1: Where two or three gather, you know, God's, he's there by spirit in the midst. Well, do you feel him right now? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Is he here? Yes, he is. And, and that's how simple it is, I think, is God is at work. And, you know, we, we read the Old Testament or even the New, and you see all these moments, bang, visitation of God, vision, dream. Rah. You know, Daniel, let's just take a broader view. Daniel was sold into a foreign land as a, essentially a slave. Any kids in the room? I'll use a term they won't understand. He's made a eunuch in a foreign land and forced to live by foreign customs. It's not a good day. That's years of his life. And in this little moment of time where he does the Daniel fast, he gets a vision from God, actually about a time he he probably isn't going to get to see. So, So it's not all going to work out the way I planned. But is do I trust God's word? And, and I think for our lives, if I, I just got to trust God's word above everything else and, and, and it'll show up, it will, it will show up. Um, but I understand the challenge there and I feel the same challenge myself at times. I think that's a wrap. Hey, can I say one thing before we wrap and then we'll all stand and you can pray. I just want to um, say to you all, good work, well done. Here we are, second week of January. We're in mass. We're heavily restricted. Um, But you're in church. And even if you go, well, I didn't get much out of today, that's mainly on him. Um, (laughs) But apart from that, your presence is huge encouragement to the person near you. And I'm sure you got something out of today, but it's huge encouragement to the person next to you. And uh, so well done. It's God honouring. It it honours his church. It values his church. And... um, they're good decisions, so so well done. Keep at it. Let's keep fighting the good fight, living the life well. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand and—oh, you're going to take over. Well, I've got to do announcements, yeah, yeah okay.
0: but thank— Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.